Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Amen. Please have your seats. We are continuing. We are coming to the, almost coming to the end of our series about embracing revival and there are four pieces we've been talking about. What? Praying, preaching, pastoring, and planting. Praying, they started by praying in the book of Acts and when they prayed, the Holy Spirit came down and what happened? When the Holy Spirit came down, they, they started preaching, witnessing. And as they witnessed, people became saved and what happened when people get saved? Churches are formed. And now you need to pastor the people who are saved. And as you pastor them, the church grows and becomes bigger. And then you go and plant other churches. Is that straightforward? Like financial growth? Now I want to talk about planting. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, Match the surge. Plant a church. Match the surge. Plant a church. Match the surge. Plant a church. In 1800, there were about a billion people on planet Earth. A billion. That's 200 years ago. Now, there are 7.7 billion in 200 years. Look, depending on your scientific and theological convictions, you could say it took us 6,000 years to get to 1 billion. And then only 200 years to get to 7.7 billion. Now, most of that is because of modern medicine. People stopped dying of certain causes because of vaccines and treatments. Okay, those days people would have like 13 children hoping that seven will survive. Or 18 children. Like John Wesley, his mom had 18 children. Yeah. And so they would have a lot of children because they knew that somewhere along the way some children would die. Infant, infant mortality was very, very high. And because of discoveries in medicine, and the use of vaccines, people stopped dying and so the population started what? Ballooning, which is a good thing. Only challenge is, so that's uh, uh, an almost eight-fold increase. The question is, has there been an eight-fold increase in churches? Effective, gospel-centered churches, right? So the number of effective churches hasn't matched that increase, and we can all agree on that. Matthew 5, 13 to 14 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. When it comes to light and salt, watch this, watch this. Quantity is important. Salt is a preservative and also brings flavor. Now when you're cooking your dodo or whatever at home and you put just a pinch of salt, is that right? <laughs> I talk to only vegetarians today. Some of you, your other's choice of things, let me leave it alone. Now if you take that same pinch of salt and you put it in a saucepan of that, you know that meat they cook at Lumbe where the, the, the main point is the soup if you ever go for Lumbe please don't ask for more meat they are serving the meat is only being used to generate soup you're compromising the funeral budget by asking for more meat so if you're lucky and there is something 
Go. The main point is the soup, which you eat with the rice. You know what I'm saying? Well, some people are annoyed. <laughs> now, if you take that same pinch of salt that you used in your small saucepan at home and put it in that mega pan of lumbe meat, what do you think the, the mourners are going to be saying? There is no salt. Kumbe, there is salt, but it's not. So all the decay you see in the world today, you know, people have this idea that as life goes on, the devil is supposed to become more powerful. Over from where, I don't know. All the decay you see in the world today, all the corruption, all the mistreatment of people who can't defend themselves, all the grabbing, all the heinous crimes, it's simple to explain. The meat has outgrown the available salt. There are not enough gospel-proclaiming churches to match the population of the world, and so the meat is decaying. Am I making sense? You go from 1 billion to 7.7 .7 billion in 200 years, but you don't match the surge with the relevant number of churches, you're going to have the problems we're having. It doesn't matter what you do. So we have to match the surge. As the population increases, the number of churches has to increase. You see, your candle might be useful for about what? Your catoch, yeah, when power is chucked, you can use it to look for things. Yeah, but if you start driving your car and use, let's tie the phone on the car. That's not enough light. Yeah. That's why <laughs> you can be there and your neighbors have light. Hmm? But you, you think that the light at your neighbors can serve you at yours? Hmm? When they've choked you because of yaka. You know, there are people, they have this policy. They only load 5K at a time. I don't know how it works. Like, Guys, hmm? you know that sound? Eh? Yeah. Some people, now they are used to it. Yeah, that, that's their normal. So when they come somewhere else where they are not hearing it, they feel uncomfortable. When they've gone visiting, something is missing in this home. What is it? <laughs> it's too quiet here. Kumbe, they are used to that. I don't know how you get used to that sound, but so if you are used to the tweet tweet and then the thing goes off, <laughs> the, the, the electricity at the neighbors, the lighting at the neighbors cannot serve you. Can it? No. Every, <laughs> I stick to examples, eh? I shouldn't go into reality. Every house needs its own what? Sufficient lighting. In 1900, there were estimated to be 10 million Christians in all of Africa. 1900, 10 million. By 2000, that number had gone to 380 million. Meaning in the, in, in the 100 years from 1900 to 2000, we are having on average 71,000 conversions a week across the continent. Now, watch this. This is what happened. By 2018, that number had gone to 630 million. That's out of this world. But here's the thing. With all that seeming progress, we were actually not making progress because the percentage of Christians 
on the continent remained somewhere between 45 and 48%. It's like you're running so hard, but you're on the same spot because other faiths were also increasing at the same rate. Are you with me? Right now, one out of every seven people on the planet is African. One out of seven. We're about 1.2 billion now. Okay? One in seven, if you lined up all the human beings, one in seven will be African. Somewhere from Uganda, Nigeria, and, and you know, here is the thing. Out of those one in seven, one in four is Nigerian. <laughs> one in four Africans is Nigerian. That's why like, it's like a common, common knowledge that you haven't done anything until you reach Nigeria. Even for the business people. Now, by 2050, that's in uh, about 30 years, 28 years now. By 2050, according to current population moves, growth statistics and estimations, by 2050, that number will have come down to one in four people on earth will be African. So you got one, two, three, African, one, two, three, African, one, two, three, African, like that. By 2050. By 2100, it will be almost one in two. It will be like almost every other person on the planet will be African. I'm, I'm telling you this so that you, you start understanding our responsibility as far as the future of the church is concerned. Hmm? By 2100, 13 of the world's top 20 biggest cities will be in Africa. 13 out of 20. Led by Lagos. Followed by Kinshasa. Kampala will be number 16. With 40 million people. You think you've seen Jam? Charlie Wajala people. I want you to imagine that all of Uganda today, all the Ugandans living in Kampala, that's what's coming. The point is, where are the churches? You've all been moving into new neighborhoods. Places that were complete bushes are now full of houses. Where are the new churches? To accompany those new houses. Right? Great, great, greater Kampala, when I say Greater Kampala, I mean up to Mukono, Katabi and Tebe, Mpiji this side, Chira this side, Gayaza Kasangati, that whole thing, Nansana, Wachiso. That's what I mean by Greater Kampala. It has about 7 million people now. With a population density of about 2,000 people per square kilometer. Now, if you were to mop up all the people and put them in church, that would be a mega church every kilometer in every direction. Like you move from here, one kilometer this side, there's another church of 2,000. One kilometer, another church of 2,000. Yes, 2,000 members. Now, even if you were to say, let's do Jesus' parable of the sower where only one out of four seeds germinated. That would still come down to a mega church for every four square kilometers, which is every two kilometers in every direction. Is it from here to Chaliwajala is two kilometers. So one like this one, then Chaliwajala, another one like this one, then when you move this way into the estate, one like this one, by the time you've just gone past the bypass there, one like this, like that. And then you keep going. But do we see them? No. Hey. 
What do these things mean? Look. Using that parable of the sower analogy, that means you'd be trying to reach only 1.75 million of the 7 million people, which would be 875 mega churches, each with 2,000 members in Greater Kampala alone. Eight hundred seventy-five. So, like everyone here, plus those who didn't come, they would have to go and pastor a two thousand member church. Match the surge, plant. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, relatives, in-laws, outlaws. It used to be fellow Russians, now I guess it is Ukrainians. There is no two ways about this issue. We must plant churches. Yeah. We are not ashamed of our mission of planting churches. It's the only way to keep the salt sufficient enough to preserve the meat. And don't be there and say, are we the only ones? Why, why don't others plant? Look. <laughs> you, before you started your business, did you say, am I the only one? Why, why don't others also start? You, you, you have to start and hope that someone else will see the sense and realize that this service is needed. That's why we have a vision of planting 3,000 churches by 2042. By 2042. And we know how we are going about it. It's just every plant, every worship church plants one every three years. And we started in 2018. We had 12 churches. By 2021, we should have had 36 churches. But we had 40. So we are on track. Now it means that by 2024, we need to have <laughs> 116 so the way to deal with this thing is to get ahead of the curve. So I want us to get to the 2024 target this year and buy ourselves two years of I can't breathe air, air. That's how to go about it. Because after 2024, by 2027, we should have gone to like 400. So if we delay, that's why you, you see some people here, three, four months, they are gone. You're like, where, where is so-and-so? Then where you get it? They, they went to Nachifuma, what? People are going. We are going. Heaven knows where go away. We know we will. And here's the other thing we are doing. Our strategy is to not only plant churches. Oops, Daisy but also partner. So our strategy is to make sure every worship harvest church has at least four partner churches that are non-worship harvest that we are trying to get to also plant as quickly. Every location. So if we plant 3,000 and somehow we manage to get another 12,000 churches up and running and we are like 15,000 churches that are minding the mission of Jesus we might start scratching the surface and maybe inspiring other people elsewhere to say, if those guys who just look like they can eat, chew gum and walk can do it, we can also do it. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea. Am I making sense? Acts 1.8, Jesus told them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Aha. Uh -huh. In all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Four stages of growth. Four stages. Pastors, MC leaders, business leaders, everyone. Listen up. There are four. Jerusalem, that's your immediate locality or your city. Okay, that's stage one. Judea, that's stage two. 
the immediate district or region surrounding your city where they speak the same language and have the same culture. That's Judea. They are all Jews, like the people in Jerusalem, but it's a bigger area. I'm just trying to show you how to grow your business. Some <laughs> people haven't even reached Jerusalem yet. They are still on... <laughs> they are... They have a kiosk in Jerusalem which no one knows exists. At least these other people, they were saying, eh, these people, are they drunk? What? Look, all publicity is good. Good, bad. Uh, you'd rather be controversial than completely ignored. It's not good for you. So anyway, Jerusalem, then you go to Judea. In, in our case, now, since we are here at Nalia, you, you are in Jerusalem. And all the other churches, wherever you are, you are in your Jerusalem. So don't be there saying, we are in Judea. No. Your starting place is your Jerusalem. Amen. And then Judea, you expand into the region. So that will be us having churches all over the place here. Okay, and then Samaria is national. You're still within the same nation, but they are different. They speak, yeah, the language might be the same, but the culture is different. What? That's why they could tell, these are Galileans. Uh, Samaria, no, those are different. They think differently. So Samaria, interpreted, I interpret that as national. Amen your church starts taking on national flavor. You have people in the church who speak Luganda, Lusoga, Lugwere, Alur, Lugbara, Runyankore, Runyoro, Rutoro, Japadola, Ateso, Ah, Karimojong, we don't yet have a church in Karimoja. I think the Lord is calling some people. <laughs> Karimoja, that is national. Yeah. 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 Amen, this side. So, what were we saying? So, Jerusalem city. Judea, surrounding regions. And we have enough Judean churches. Not enough, but we have started to have some Judean churches. We have Bukolobi, uh, Mukono, Makerere, Gayaza, Nakawa, Gaba Road, Downtown, Gweyogerere, Tira, Sega, Kungu, eh? did I hear Nasa Road? Nansana, Wakiso, Chisoga, Kawempe, Matuga, Chebando, who have I left out? Seta, the new Makindie, Entebbe, Entebbe Central, Garuga, uh, where is this place? Kajansi, uh, Sebuko, all that is what? We are trying. We are. Now, I'll show you later what happens when you don't try. But, uh, uh, so now, we said, okay. Now, Judea, we are trying. Now, let's try Samaria. So we kicked into Samaria mode. Ginger, Njeru, Pastor Gadson is here from Njeru. Uh-huh. Wairaka, Budondo, Bulondo, Kamuli, Iganga, Masaka, Budaka, Mbale, Fort Porto, Mbarara, Kabale, Arua, Liantonde. Some people are saying the churches they wish existed. Don't worry, you're going. 
What are the other ones? You mean we are doing that badly in Samaria? Eh, 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 eh. We must go quickly. But why do I feel like we've skipped some Samaritans? Hmm? Kayunga. And then many, many, many are lined up. Samaria is going to just be exploding in the next 12 months. And then we said we'll not wait to first finish Samaria. Let's start trying out this other thing called global uttermost ends. Right? So now we have Nairobi. Pastor Sam and Aggie, we send greetings. Nairobi is about to plant uh, Ongata. Moses Mambori Subida. And then we have Kigali, Pastor Joy, Pastor Enoch, and the others. UK, Pastor Evangel, Germany, Pastor the Sebalamus, and Jamaica. We have one of our mission committee leaders from Seoul, Korea, was here yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We are trying. We are just trying to fulfill the command of Jesus. You know, Jesus himself started in Bethlehem and then went to, that's where he was born in Bethlehem, he grew up in Nazareth. When it was time to launch his ministry, he didn't stay in Nazareth, he tried, but they threw him out. He went to Galilee, especially a city called Capernaum, also known as Capernaum. And then he finished it off in Jerusalem. Right? Four stages. And when he finished it off in Jerusalem, he told the disciples, this is where you start. Jerusalem. Today. So, Georgia. Four stages. We need Everyone, your, your, whatever you're doing, your, God has sown in you the DNA of four stages. Yeah. I think sometimes people start drinking and fighting with their wives because they are trying to find this thing that they are supposed to do, but they are not doing it. So they bring the frustration at home. Just go and expand your, your business. Four stages. You will not have time to be fighting with anyone. Yeah, when you have to be advertising in Tanzania, Zambia, what, you'll not be there fighting people. Just go, yeah. But if you lock down yourself in a Chaliwajara, you'll disturb the wife, the kids, the what? Yeah. You see, it's, me sometimes, even if I want to fight with my wife, I just don't have the time. Yeah. We are too busy to have time for quarreling about this or the other. Men, especially men, even the women. But I know how men can disturb when they are when they are idle. Yeah. I know us. I have not had the experience of being a woman, so I don't know <laughs> how the women are. But I know us men. I know how God wired us to be going out there, battlefront, what expanding thing. You see people, when, you know when Ben, who was this, David, when he fell in, he saw the wrong stuff and started quoting Bathsheba, the Bible says it was the time of kings to go to war. Like look, they even had the calendar of this month and this month, we go out there and die. Ah. Yeah, how do you go to war not expecting people to die? Yeah, you organize, but this month is for fighting. Now you, you are there, you are like a domestic cat that is just growing fat, that, yeah. Hey, ah, uh-uh. am I making sense? I think the wives can attest to what I'm saying. Yeah, some wives, they are quietly wishing that their husbands were listening to this message. Like, one if he went out and tried to do something, is great. Yeah. Uh, now he's here at home. 
quarreling. No. Four stages. Business people. Four stages. Now, you know what happens when you don't grow? You start dying. You start dying. Think about this church. We would all still have been at Katikati. Growing just older. But do you know how many fights we'll have had by that by, by now? Huh? Pastor Sigbenage. Ha! Singa, all the quarrels we'll have had between us. Pastor Chris. Now you got people are too busy trying to run locations elsewhere. They don't have time for small fights. Now you are all there growing together in a 200 seat space. Your heart has outgrown the space, but your body is still in the space. You see, that's a mistake people make. It's better to fail at a big dream than succeed at a small thing. At least you'll be remembered that this is a man, this is the woman who attempted great things. You think they are going to be writing any biographies for, for your kiosk? Here lies XYZ. He faithfully ran a kiosk. Uh, he faithfully ran a school canteen. <laughs> and they are writing books. People are buying books. I want that book of the guy who ran the school canteen. Eh? I, I, do you see that happening? I want you to go and cut wires eh? and say, I am going to try something which scares me, my relatives, my enemies, even the devil. Yeah. And then start. Yeah, otherwise, you're just going to be disturbing people the whole time, drinking bitter stuff. I'm pretty better than you're acknowledging, but oh, who am I? Four stages. Now, Bishop Doug wrote a very good book called Church Planting. And in that book, he talks about he compares the Jerusalem church to the Antioch church. So I don't have enough time to compare both churches, but I want us to talk about the Jerusalem church. Why? Because Jesus told them, go Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and most of the ends of the earth. And then what did they do? They stuck at Jerusalem. Ten things about the Jerusalem church. One, the Jerusalem church was the first church. So in this case, the one I planted was the first worship of his church. The one Pastor Angela planted was the first worship of his Bugolobi church. The one Pastor Chris planted was the first worship of his Gaiaza church. The one Pastor Blesso planted was the first worship of his Makerere Church. So when we talk first church, don't only look at me with bad eyes and say, you're the one they are talking about. No, no, no. Your mission committee, the one you started, is the first MC that you started. Am I making sense? You see, the scriptures were not written to Mose. <laughs> they were written to everyone. So you have your first, I have my first. We just need to look around and say, what have you done with your first? What have you done with your first? Yeah, and even business people, please move. be putting yourself inside. You started the first thing there, wherever it is, on Street X, and what? Pastor Tony Nkulamsis. <laughs> are, are you following? So it was the first. Point two. The important people, all the important people were based in the Jerusalem church. Even the apostles were based at Jerusalem. So, all the important people, the one with the most elders, the most people with all the big titles, they are there. Now, be evaluating. Your, please, 
You see, every time you point a finger like this, three of them are pointing back at you. Yeah. So me, I will talk only in our context here. At Nalia, we have all the important people here, Pastor Ari, even Pastor Angie, is, she leaves her people in Bugorobi, she comes and leads us in worship, plus Pastor Blesso, eh, Pastor Flor comes and helps us with hosting. So all the important people are there. We have here uh, Mr. Minira, uh, Pastor Anthony, all the important people. Even the person next seated in your chair, all the important people. Mm. Point three. They were the church that had first-hand instructions from Jesus to go into the entire world. It is the Jerusalem church that Jesus spoke to. He says, go. Jerusalem, Judea. You get what I'm saying? So, uh, in the case of those here at Nalia, you are the ones who receive... You, you, when I'm preaching, you, you are not hearing it second hand. When I say, I think the Lord is telling us this. Ah. Now, also you at your locations, when your pastor stands there, you are getting it what? First hand. Point four. They were a very prosperous and flourishing church. Says in Acts 4 34 35, neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. So they were a prosperous church. No one had needs. Now, here the people at Nalia, eh? Yeah. I sing those soft chairs. And the many loudspeakers and lights and wireless mics and 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 screens and fans. Hey, hey. Yeah. tiles, carpets. Huh? Yeah, prosperous church. Look around. The way people here, the way people are dressed here. We've just been causing inflation in the in the attire market. Look at the parking lot up, down, everywhere. Hey. Vehicles everywhere. Yeah, prosperous. Worship Harvest is known as a rich church. Yeah, everywhere. And look, there is not a single worship Harvest location where there is not at least one car parked. There are many churches when they are designing their buildings, they don't think about parking. For us, parking is a major headache in our design. Yeah, parking. When we are looking for venues, parking and traffic are a key determinant whether we'll take up a venue. Yeah, because we have people come seated. Are you still with me? Mm. So they were a prosperous and flourishing church. Point five. There was great growth in the church. See, it says 3,000 got saved, then later 5,000, and the Lord was adding daily. So the church is growing, like watch purpose. You know, it's growing. Yeah, 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 we've been growing. So now we have a big auditorium, so... Well, we look ungrown. <laughs> Growing. We used to be 4,000, all of worship service, now we are 29,000. That's growth. Uh-huh. There was great unity in the church. It says, all that believed were together and had all things in common. Point seven. God gave them victory over every problem and difficulty they encountered. For example, Peter and John were released from custody of the chief priests and elders. They miraculously escaped, miraculously escaped from jail 
by angelic intervention. So it was a church that was experiencing what? Victory. It's like when bad things happen, we pray and good things happen. Are you with me? Why have people stopped responding? They are seeing their church. eh? You people at your locations, you're seeing your locations. Point eight, the power of God was greatly manifested in the church. Yeah, in this Jerusalem church, people who lied to the pastors died instantly. (laughs) Mercy, mercy. Yeah, so you couldn't say, "Mm, there is no power. There was power. Yeah. Point nine, unlike many churches today, they cared for the poor. Yeah, it says distribution was made and every man had according to as he had need. Aren't these all wonderful things? Can you imagine a church where there are leaders, apostles, pastors, what? Prophets. There's solutions. Every challenge you overcome, you pray. Something, the building shakes. The what? People's shackles are removed. They escape miraculously. Uh, what else? There's provision. There's taking care of everyone. It is prosperous. This looks like a good church, right? Looks like the kind of church you should belong to or pastor. Now, point 10. But they did not obey the instruction of planting churches until catastrophe struck. Perhaps all their good characteristics clouded out the reality that they were a disobedient church. When one of the most promising young pastors called Stephen, probably tipped to be Peter's successor, died suddenly, they they sat up. The persecution marked the turning point of the church in Jerusalem. Acts 6-7 says, Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Can you imagine? Imagine your your, your church in Bugolobi when all the MPs and ministers and anyone who seems important in the city comes to your church. Sometimes that can be the measure of success for certain pastors. Yeah, it's like do you know who comes to my church? Huh. <laughs> if you ask Honorable Bidde to preach, <laughs> everyone needs to have a thesaurus and a dictionary. <laughs> so, so that can be, I think, all the important people, because there's a great number of what? Of the priests were obedient to the faith. All the people that mattered were going to this church. Right? And then disaster struck. Acts 8, 1 to 3. Quickly. Uh-huh. What does it say? Did I start at the wrong text? Acts 8 says Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. Eh? Okay, let's start. We might get there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Look, Except the apostles, where were they scattered? The very places they were told to go and they didn't go. Judea, Samaria. Now, I'm not going to suggest whether this was God's action or not. I don't know. I just know that while the instruction, when the instruction was given, no one obeyed it. But when problems came, they caused the instruction to be obeyed. Some of the business people here, I keep telling you, open branches you don't want. Then while you're there, 
your, your main man that you, you rely on, the main, the main employee, opens a branch for you. Only it is not in your business name. He starts out his own. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Are we together? There is this scripture that talks about different kinds of learning. But I don't have time to look for it. Let me stick to my preparation. But it says like wise people, they learn by just observing, by instruction. But no, people who are not very wise, they first see pain. Then, then they say, eh. Ah. He says, wise people, they learn by instruction. But unwise people, they first see others being punished. That's when they learn. But of course, we are wise people. Now, unfortunately, our brothers in uh, Jerusalem Church International, or rather national, or in Jerusalem Church local, they, they, yeah, they, they jump to go. It's the persecution that finally pushed them to Judea and Samaria. Proverbs 8, 21, 11. Give me Proverbs 21, 11 in the NKJV and the CEV later. What does it say? When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. Yeah. Look at CEV. An ignorant fool learns by seeing others punished. A sensible person learns by being instructed. Yeah. Others, the only way they learn, they say, hey, do you see what happened to so and so? Not a good idea. Others, an instruction is enough. Are you with me? Now, let's look at what happened uh, in Acts 8. Same scripture, by the way, but verse 4. Verse 4. Therefore, uh -huh, together, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Next verse. Verse 5. Verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samar the same place you were supposed to have gone and preached Christ to them. Next verse. And the multitude with one accord heeded the thing spoken. They were all waiting for someone to go. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Philip, in, in the Jerusalem church, did you see Philip performing any miracles? No, it was only Peter. Now, the first person who steps out to go to Samaria starts seeing miracles. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were here, and there was great joy in that. There are places where the joy is waiting for you to show up. Yeah, but some of you are stuck in Jerusalem. Samaria is looking for you. There will be great joy. You will see miracles when you go. Amen. Yeah, there are certain miracles you only see when you go. As long as you stay around, you can't see them. Wow. Now, this, so this, the, one of the catalysts of this persecution was Paul, who, it's as if Jesus was like, now that you have finished uh, <laughs> sending them, uh, let me convert you. Think about it. Jesus didn't, didn't talk to Paul before the persecution. Jesus could have stopped Paul from persecuting the church. But he waited for the persecution to happen to the degree that they went to Samaria and Judea. Then he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he converted him. Ah! Threatenest thou me with thine silence? I'm just showing you what happened. And then he says, in Acts 9.31, give me Acts 9.31. He says, then the churches throughout 
Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Now the churches have come up in the places Jesus wanted. And what does he say? What happened to them? They were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. This is after Saul's conversion. What happened to the churches? They were multiplied. There is something called multiplication. Any church that is not multiplying is not walking in the tenets of the acts of the apostles. That's why we are always multiplying churches here at Worship Harvest. Look, it would be much more fun if all those people were not those ends and we were here and people just in the windows hanging on for, for where to sit. Oh, we would feel like, Mana. The Holy Ghost was moving. But here we are with empty chairs. Why? People. Yeah. Hey, go, 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 go. Take your people. We don't want to see you here anymore. We are trying. You're seeing that? Business owners, are you trying? Or you, you want to see everyone around you as if you are running a, a nursery... Let me finish. Take me to Acts 13. Acts 13, 1 to 5. Acts of the Apostles. What does it say? Now, Antioch. Yeah? Let's read together. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon was called Nisha, Lucius of Cyrene, Manayan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them. What did they do? What did they do? What is the last word? Where? Next. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they, were, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, and when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Later on, they named many other places. Now, these were the first guys to break the boundary of Judea and Samaria. Now they were going out. Internationally the first international ministry was launched by the church in Antioch. And it was Paul and Silas and, what? and Barnabas who were sent out on an international expedition. Hey! Yeah, I want to start seeing worship harvest locations having international yeah, impact. Are we together? Only Worship Harvest Bugolobi has been obeying this thing properly because they have MCs in, in uh, France, Seoul, Jamaica. What is that place in the island? Mauritius. Is it Mauritius? Mauritius, where else? Yeah, they, they click. Others, you're, you're just... Anyway, Acts 19. Now I'm real finishing, so Pastor Blesser and Pastor Angie get ready. Now, so Paul and, and who? Barnabas, they do the thing, they disagree. Paul goes with Silas, then he, they do their thing, they do their thing. Philippi, what? Corinth. Then he ends up in Ephesus. Now, what happens in Ephesus is very important. Watch this. In Acts 19, 8 to, 9, 8 to 10, it says, And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months. Are you following? Reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, he spoke, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude. He departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia 
heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So Paul ended up planting this church in Ephesus, which was a major training and sending center that sent out church planters throughout all the Asian region. So they planted all those churches in Colossae and what all those, the ones that Jesus talks about, the ones he wrote letters to, Church of Ephesus, Church of this, Church of that. They just went everywhere planting churches. And that's why we are here today. Now it's our turn to do the same. And I can tell you we are trying. But you understand how critical church planting is to the mission? Yeah. We must plant churches. Pastor Angie. Wow, can we stand up and appreciate Apostle for that message? I know that while he was teaching, there are a couple of people who are feeling like their hearts pumping. You've been called, and it's a good thing. Don't be afraid. Go and talk to your location, Pastor. Tell them, I'm the one. I specifically think that when he talked about Karamoja, someone was like, I'm the one. So don't be afraid. God never calls you to demote you. Ever. It's a lifting. Whenever God asks you to do something, it's a promotion. It's a promotion. So go and tell your location pastor, saying, I'm the one. I'm the one who's being called. Don't feel like I don't know what to do. It's okay. You will learn. You will be taught. You will be taught. There's people in the room today, people watching online, in your car, at the locations, at the hosting centers, at your home. And you've never made the decision to become born again. You've never made the decision to give your life to Christ. And for some people, as I'm talking now, you're like, ah, ah, I know those things of Balokole. Let me first go and work on myself. Hmm? Then I come when I am ready. It's never going to happen. <laughs> you do not have the capacity to make yourself perfect. You do not have the capacity to kwekolako. It's God. It's God. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's God coming into our lives and the old is passed away and he molds us and he changes us and we become new. It's God who comes into our lives and gives us new passions and new desires. So stop fighting. You're, it's never good. you're never going to get to a point when you're ready. And so you're out there. I'm going to invite you to do something bold. Okay? This is your day. This is your day to get born again. This is your day of salvation. This is your day. This is your day of glory. Amen. Apostle teaches us that glory is the opposite of shame. This is your day of glory. So wherever you are, I'm just going to invite you to say yes. Say, today I'm getting born again. And I want to invite you to just put up your hand. Put up and say, yes, today I am getting born again. The Bible tells us that there's a great celebration in heaven. I see your hand up there, my sister. Can we clap and celebrate her? Yeah. If you're online, if you're at any of our locations, just put up your hand and I'm going to invite you to walk forward. My sister who put up your hand, someone is coming for you. You're going to walk to the front. Is there anyone else? Yes, my brother. Welcome to the family of God. Come forward, come forward. Pastors, please walk with them to the front. If you're online at the hosting centers, just walk to the front. Your pastors are ready to receive you at the different places. Welcome to the family of God. You know, the Bible tells us that there is a great celebration in heaven. I don't, I think we should match that celebration, right? Yeah. Welcome to the family of God. I feel like there is someone else. 
I feel like there's someone else. I feel like there's someone else. Is, are you bringing? Oh, yes. Can we celebrate them as they come forward? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to the family of God. So I'm going to pray with you and you repeat after me. Online hosting centers, just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Today I am a child. I give my life to you. I give my fears to you. I give my worries to you. Take my life and make something significant out of it. In Jesus' name, there's someone else. Let's celebrate. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome to the family of God. One of the pastors, Pastor Hamia, and at the different locations, we're going to take your details. Why? Because you're a child in the family of God and you have questions. Don't you have questions? Now what happens? What is the Bible? What should I do? How do I live my life? You want to take your contacts? so that we can walk with you, okay? And show you what you must do moving forward. Is that okay? Yes, you're welcome. If you're online at your home, you can send a message to the number 775 642 0775 642 I get the sense that there are people in this room today very, 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 very concerned about their health. It's not just a, like, cough, flu. You're very, very concerned about your health. I want to speak life over you and to specifically say that you will live. You will not die. You will not die. A few weeks ago at one of the floor prayers, Apostle gave us this word. We will live and not die. You will live and not die. For someone, it's your child in the womb. You're concerned about their life and their health. You will carry that child full term. Full term. You had like cramps or whatever. That child will not die. You will not die. There's someone standing here on behalf. When I said that you thought of a family member, I speak life to them right now. And I cast the spirit of death. I cast the spirit of death. They will live and not die in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we celebrate Jesus? I am here to firstly confirm what Prophet Angela shared when she was just starting, that you're here. Um, Jesus likens a person who obeys his word, uh, as uh, tells us that that person is wise in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 7. Um, you're here and you, you know, you know in the depth of your heart that God has called you to start to plant a church. For some of you, it's to start a missional community. For some of you, it's to be part of a team that is going to plant a location. Please make sure you send that message. Send that message to your location pastor, to whoever leads you right after the service. Right after the service. Secondly, I'm here to pray for someone who has been struggling with an addiction. Someone has been struggling with an addiction and right now, whatever that addiction is, I release freedom to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so in the name of Jesus, I release complete freedom to you from that addiction in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Father, for your kindness and your goodness. Thank you that you give us opportunity, that you've given this church an opportunity to participate in the mission of multiplying churches. We pray that you will help us not to tire, not to, 
not to get tired of that, not, not to count the cost, but simply walk in obedience and see you save souls and raise great men and women who will make great impact in our world today. We bless you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. Amen. And may the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you. May you see the favor of the Lord in this week, even as you go to work. May you receive extraordinary revelations and ideas in the work that you do. May you have peace in your homes. We put an end to all conflict in every home in yes. the name of Jesus. We yes. cut it to the root right now that oh, yes. your homes will be oases of peace, oh, places yes. of peace and oh, yes. joy and cooperation. You, may you receive that in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Those of you who run businesses, may you see these four levels we are talking about start to manifest in your businesses, in your entities, as you raise leaders and send them out to multiply that which God has given you. May you have the wisdom to do that. We thank you, Father, because we know you are doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our next service is at 11.30 and so those who are coming in, you can come and join us for that. Otherwise, see you next Sunday. Make sure to invite one person, just one other person. Tell them, hey, let's go learn about Jesus. Next Sunday is a very, very special Sunday. It will be our anniversary celebration. Amen. So it's going to be incredibly good. And we will not have an 11.30 garage next Sunday as part of the anniversary. It's going to be one big service with cake, drinks, eats, joy, dancing, singing, and all of that. So please tell your friends who come at 11.30, they'll need to wake up a little earlier next Sunday. It's going to be one large, big, sweet, nice garage, and then we'll go home. See you later. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.